We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to Sunday Take. I'm your host, Floyce Olson. Today is Sunday, November 6th, 2022. We are two days away from Election Day. And we have a big show, a big week planned here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, starting with today, where we'll talk, kind of get a landscape where veterans are feeling about the country, the Midwest, and locally. We'll talk to John McCormick from the Wall Street Journal and Eric Escala from WCCO uh, back when and public television today. You know, on Tuesday, Adam Carter and I will be hosting our coverage. We will start at 8 p.m. We will be joined by Susan Kent, a retiring state senator, and Michelle Benson, another retiring state senator. Uh, We'll check in with others throughout the night. But we have a tradition at CCO going until the state of the state is decided. My first night ever, that was 1998 in an election when Jesse Ventura won. The second election that I worked was 2000, of course, the hanging chads in Florida. So we'll see what kind of drama we have this week. When I come back, what are the last few things to watch on Tuesday? Where to look, what to see, and how it might all play out. I'm Bloy Solson. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're back on Sunday Take. You know, I feel like this election came very fast. But throughout the summer and even into the spring, it had some lulls. But here we are two days out. Hundreds of thousands of votes will decide the future of the state. Of course, the governor's race has gotten a lot of attention. and. Ultimately, the chief executive of the state will decide the future. As a reminder, last week we had Scott Jensen on for an extended interview. You can find that at WCCORadio.com under the Sunday Take page. This week, Governor Tim Walls was invited. He was given the opportunity for the same 40-minute deep-dive conversation. He and his team declined. And I will just say that we will keep that in mind as we go forward, because if Tim Walls is reelected, governor's second terms are often very different. And of course, his will be different because he won't have the pandemic. But the dynamics under which he governs could also be very different. And that leads us to the biggest decision other than the governor's race in the state, and that's who will control the legislature. There is great deal of difference in opinion on who's in better shape. Could Democrats actually hold on to the legislature? Some people think so. Or will Republicans control both the House and the Senate with healthy margins? That's what Republicans will say. The fact of the matter is there are 10 to 15 races across the state that are likely to decide this. But that's where we start to get into this idea of waves. 1994 was my first election night as a professional on the ground running a campaign. And and that was the night of the Republican wave. Nobody saw it coming. And what I want to say is that there's never one thing. I want to remind you as you watch the election There's never one thing that drives a wave or that creates a tsunami. But there are some data points. So the generic congressional ballot is one data point. When one party leads in that measurement in polls by four or five points, they usually have a good night. In 2010, for instance, that number was eight or nine points, depending on what poll you looked beforehand. That was 2010. That was a Republican wave. It was the first year of Barack Obama's uh, presidency, the first midterm. And 
that was a wave. Republicans took control of both the House and the Senate, and Mark Dayton barely won. But there have also been years where Minnesota has either foreshadowed or bucked a trend. 2006 was one of those years where we elected Amy Klobuchar and Tim Pawlenty on the same day. And this year feels a little like 2006. 2006 nationally, Democrats, you know, had a tougher night. It was the second midterm of the Bush presidency. Or did Minnesota foreshadow a national trend, which was Barack Obama winning by a large margin in 2008? So how does Minnesota fall? Eric Escola is going to talk about on Friday how both the DNC and the RNC, the national political chairs, were both here on Friday. Does that mean Minnesota's in play? Or does it mean there weren't better places to go on the Friday before the election? You watch that generic ballot number. The other thing to watch is turnout. I've said this a lot. Turnout in 2018 was as high as it ever has been in Minnesota. I think it will be very hard to hit that number again. I just don't know if we're 10 or 20% lower than 2018. Or maybe it's only 5 or 15%. And then where the turnout is. Democrats will tell you that they feel really good about turnout. Republicans will point to energy in greater Minnesota, margins in greater Minnesota, and maybe a little bit of a lackluster performance amongst younger voters that favor DFLers. So turnout is the second big thing to watch. And third, and I hate to say this, but it's important. The third thing to watch is how people lose. There is a tone and a tenor in this country and in this state right now that is not healthy. And so one of the things I'm hoping for is that, while I'd love to follow the story, that our elections remain remain safe, that our candidates remain safe, and that extremists of either party do not rise up, create violence, use intimidation tactics on the polls on Tuesday. Should be unacceptable. This is the greatest free country to ever exist. And if you can't vote in a peaceful manner without harassment, then we are failing. I will relax on Tuesday during the day. I will check out. I'll be on with Vanita Monday, Tuesday through Thursday at 640. And I'll come back here next Sunday and we'll recap everything. But watch those things. Watch turnout. Watch margins. And watch and pray that we have a safe and non-confrontational or violent election day and days following based on the results. I'm Blaise Olson. When we come back, the Wall Street Journal's John McCormick. He'll lay out the country, the Midwest, and what he's watching on election night. I'm Blaise Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our first guest this week on Sunday Take is John McCormick. He's a reporter from the Wall Street Journal. He's also a Minnesota native, but he follows races all over the country for the Journal. He's followed presidential elections. He's covered the Iowa caucus. And he joins me now. John, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks, boys. Great to, great to talk with you. So um, you've been following races uh, across the country. It's not your first rodeo. It's not your first election. What, what's your sense of either the issues or the intensity nationally and, and how they play in the Midwest? Well, let's do, let's do issues first. I mean, I, yeah. I think the, the dominant issue really, and we, we saw it coming very early this year when you start seeing inflation at levels that are, you know, the highest we've seen in, in four decades and, and for, you know, younger voters in their lifetimes, um, you knew that was going to be a big issue, and it has continued to be. Um, you know, over the summer, we of course had the Supreme Court uh, decision on abortion, and you know that issue definitely spiked up, and it's going to continue to be an important one. But the but inflation and the economy are the dominant issue in this election. Our our polling at the Wall Street Journal shows it. Polling elsewhere shows it. Um, so, but but there's also lots of other issues, and voters don't make their decisions based usually on just one issue. So, uh, crime has been an important issue this election year. Uh, I think Republicans have used the crime issue with some success um, in in different parts of the country, um, and uh, and of course, you know, as we as we talked about already a little bit, abortion will be an important issue for a lot of voters, and uh, as is you know, election integrity or defending democracy, depending on sort of which party's talking about it. Um, so there's there's lots of stuff in the mix here, but I think the bottom line is um, probably inflation is the most important issue. It's it's something that, you know, hits everybody in the face uh, at least once a day, if not more often. No, I think you're right. And, and I, you know, we did see it coming, but then as you get closer to winter, I know, here in Minnesota, especially in rural areas, heating costs are out, off the charts, um, you know, up 25, 30% from last year. And if it's going to be a cold winter, as I've said to people, those are keep you up at night, wonder if you can buy Christmas present worries. And we haven't seen those kinds of worries in a generation, frankly, or more. Um, when you and I were small children, uh, I venture to guess. I know you've covered the and watched the Senate race next door in Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, that is a critical race that Democrats had hoped to make some ground on. Uh, what do polls say? And have you been on the ground there? 
Yeah, no, I, I have spent a fair bit of time in Wisconsin this year. Um, well, the polls show that it's a it's a margin of error race. It it, it could go either way. Um, probably slight advantage to to Ron Johnson, the incumbent Republican. Um, you, at the start of the year, Johnson looked very beatable. Uh, his his uh, approval rating in his home state is typically uh, you know underwater, as they say in the polling business, which means more people disapprove of you than approve of you. Um, he's been involved with, uh, you know, his fair share of sort of controversial statements, whether it comes to uh, COVID or, you know, using mouthwash to to fight off the bug, and and uh, you know he he has a way of sort of uh, uh, activating, uh, um, you know, the Democratic base to to sort of uh, you know really really despise him. All of that said, uh, the Democrats nominated a, a pretty progressive candidate, uh, the Lieutenant Governor in Wisconsin. Andela Barnes, and uh, you know, if elected, he would be that state's first African American uh, senator. Um, yeah. But but the Republicans have used the crime issue, I think, in, in that state very effectively. Um, you know, they've they've really sort of made Barnes seem like a you know a dangerous character, and some of the stuff that he has said uh, about defund the police has been very much used against him. It, it's, it's sort of a classic example of if you're thinking about running for statewide office someday, maybe tweet a little bit less than <laughs> uh, you would maybe do otherwise. Well, we can tackle Twitter another day, John McCormick, cause it's going to have plenty of drama in the next year or two by itself. For sure. As you look at Wisconsin and these other Senate races, do both of these do most of these Senate races feel like margin of error races, whether it's Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, Georgia, Wisconsin, Nevada? Do they all kind of feel that way? Yeah, they, they do feel like margin of error races. Um, and, and I think everybody is being more cautious when it comes to polling this cycle as well. We've, you know, the polling industry has not had a, a great uh, track record in recent uh, presidential or congressional cycles, and so everybody's being a little extra cautious with the polling, and I think that's that's warranted. Um, one thing, though, that you do see in some of the polling, including our own at the Journal, is that among undecided voters, and there are not very many of them left, it's like less than 10% of the electorate is undecided at this mm-hmm. point, uh, you you see um, that, that sort of the the positions that they're taking, the issues that they're most concerned about are probably going to be more favorable to Republicans. So you look at the history, you know, that that the, the party in power that controls the White House, you know, will typically you lose on average 28 House seats. Yep. Um, so if that were to happen this year, um, you know, that's probably uh, sort of par for the course. I think that's important. And we do watch these polls closely uh, last week. Uh, Paul Douglas, the meteorologist, turned the tables on me. He said, how do you deal with polling? And I said, well, you're the meteorologist. It's the same thing. There's models and then there's reality and you try to figure it out. And I remind people of that often. Like, Super super good analogy. I mean, the the storm path can change at a moment's notice. it, It can. And that's where I think as we wrap up here, I've said for a while, this is an election about feeling. And there was some feelings in the summer around abortion and energy. And then there's been some feelings about crime here in the Midwest and throughout the country. But economic feelings are very different than kind of those emotional, passionate activist messages. They, I mean, they literally hit home. And Democrats talked about resilience earlier in the year. 
But you start to look at the data, whether it's layoffs, whether it's lack of savings, people are actually feeling inflation more now than they did three, four or five months ago. Yeah. And you could you could see it in the the political advertising. I watch a lot of political ads, probably more than is healthy for any human. <laughs> uh, but early on in the year, you could tell Democrats with a few exceptions. Raphael Warnock in Georgia actually was was really on this early on where he was trying to talk about inflation in a way that could be effective for a Democrat. He was pointing to corporate America and greed and, yep. and saying, saying the oil companies uh, should be doing better here and all that sort of thing. But generally, there was sort of this inability of Democrats to confront this inflation issue in an effective way. And that really went from the president on down. I mean, you know, President Biden was very much talking about, you know, we think this is going to be transitory. We think it's going to be brief and it's not going to be so bad. And this was more sort of late last year. Um, and so the party just didn't sort of figure out a way to address this inflation issue early on in the game. Um, they've, they've started to do a little bit more of it here in the home stretch, but it's been a problem. And, and I think it's, it's one that, uh, you know, if you, if you're going to Monday morning, if this election does tend to lean more towards Republicans, it's probably going to be one of those sort of Monday morning quarterback things where you, you just kind of say, why didn't the uh, majority party figure out a better way to talk about the economy and the problems people are facing, you know, on this day-to-day lifestyle stuff. And for Republicans, it'll be, why didn't you, you had plenty of time to figure out a message on abortion and you didn't, if it goes the other way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and for Republicans, it's hard because they, they tend to, you know, and basically what they have said is that it's, you know, we want to leave this up to the states, but then, you know, different states have different rules. And, and yep. so it's hard to sort of have a nationwide message on that one, too. Absolutely. John McCormick from The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, sir. When we come back, WCCO legend, public television host, and a big mentor of mine, Eric Eskola, will join us on Sunday Take for a preview of what's going to happen in Minnesota. We are back on Sunday Take, and I am honored and feel like it's appropriate that on the Sunday before the election, we have a little bit of a reunion here on WCCO Radio. The man who's responsible for uh, 24 years of me being a part of CCO, Eric Escala, who invited me that first election night in 1998 to share some thoughts. Here we are, Eric. We're still watching governor's races, and it's the Sunday before the election. Uh, now, you used to ask me what's going to happen. What's your sense of where this state is right now? Totally up in the air, I'd say. Well, it's nice to be with you, and I, I've, never, I've never regretted that decision to give you a shot. Uh, how about some numbers? We'll go right to the, the weeds, yeah. okay? Tim Walls won by 300,000 votes in 2018. Now, what's your guess on, can he make a 100,000 margin here in uh, 2022? Or is that, given that Steve Simon... Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a stretch here. 2018 was record midterm turnout. I don't think we're going to get there. I think his margin in greater Minnesota uh, is much tougher. I think the Republicans pick up more votes there. And then I look at turnout in the urban core and I, you know, I think a hundred thousand, 75 to a hundred thousand votes is probably his ceiling of margin. At the hundred thousand level, I've, I've, I've talked to some, some uh, democratic uh, folks and they, they think at a, at a hundred thousand margin, of course, it depends on where they come from too. It's, it's the Democrats votes are very inefficiently located yeah. in, in one part of the state, 
but uh, they think that he could even uh, slide the, uh, the legislature under the under the wire as Democrats. But if it, but they, they thought a hundred thousand margin was key. As I've traveled around, there's definitely more energy in Greater Minnesota, even the exurbs, than I've felt in a while. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with the pandemic and Scott Jensen as a candidate. And the one thing that I want to ask you about as you look at legislative races so much of that is local and energy of the candidate but also kind of the quality and the background of the candidate and i would just say that um both sides where there's a head-to-head they have two very good candidates but there's no there's not a lot of districts where um that are swing districts where you have one candidate who's that much better than the other well, I've had a very consistent message from operatives saying that uh, what's what's the legislature going to look like? And they say, what's Jim Abler going to do in, in, <laughs> in the state Senate? Republican veteran. Uh, he's got what? Coon Rapids and what? Anoka. Yep. Coon Rapids and Anoka. He lost a little bit of the conservative part of his district. But what I've heard from from up there, it's the district where there's two house races there. The locals have said that two House races could go to the DEFL and the Senate seat could go to a Republican. That'd be ultimate split ticket voting in the spirit of Minnesota. Well, there's so many uh, redistricting, many retirements, people moving from the House to run for the Senate, so forth. I just think it's uniquely up in the air. All the fundamentals say Republican year, you know, party out of the presidency does well. Voters are angrier when they're out of power than when they're in power and more motivated to vote. But I think there's a cross currents here this year that uh, make it uh, going to make election night a, a drama, I think. No, I would agree. And I, I look at that last KSTP survey USA poll that came out this past week. And I think there's a lot of people who can easily make up their mind to vote for Tim Walls for governor, but then switch in the attorney general's race and maybe switch back in the secretary of state's race because those races have been I'd say more personality driven than issue driven. Do you remember a time when a governor's race had very little about a vision for the future of the state? Well, that has been uh, Jens, uh, Senator Jensen's complaint, hasn't it? That yeah. every every time he ducks into something that looks like a 10 point plan or uh, raises questions about taxes or whatever, that uh, he picks his head out of the foxhole and <laughs> gets shot at. And uh, I think the modern campaign style kind of um, makes it very challenging to have a, you know, what's the direction of the state, uh, that kind of a debate. And uh, I, to the large extent, we obviously have not had that. Well, that's right. And, and compared to four years ago when it's an open seat and you've watched these open seats versus incumbents running for reelection, I think back to, you know, the plenty terms. Pelenny was on much more defense as an incumbent than Walls has been. And I think, and, and even Dayton, you know, kind of kept talking about his next term, what he still wanted to get done. And, and Walls really hasn't done that. And I think that's where the quote up in the air piece is, especially compared to four years ago when it was one Minnesota, one Minnesota, one Minnesota. Um, so let's talk about the attorney general's race. We've, we've had these conversations for years. It's going to be the year for a Republican to do it. Does that race feel different to you this time? It does because of the crime issue. And I would, I would posit that uh, the attorney general is really a bit player in public safety. 
he's the chief, he or she is the chief legal officer, not the chief law enforcement officer. That being said, if I'm a person who is uh, worried about crime, and that's folks in both parties, and I just don't see Jensen as the governor, I could see voting for Walls, but then registering somewhat of a protest vote as about crime and then voting for Schultz for attorney general. So I, it may seem unlikely to have Walls-Schultz ticket splitting, but, but I, I just think common sense would tell you that that's possible. Yeah, no, I mean, we voted for Amy Klobuchar and Tim Walls on the, or Tim Pawlenty on the same day in 2006. And um, Minnesota does have that populist tradition. Let's talk about culture. Of course, I'm joined by Eric Escola, the great voice of CCO and TPT. Um, Eric, let's talk about the culture. So we'll get the results Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Maybe we'll sort out some close races. But then in a, in a governor's second term, if it's Walls or a Jensen first term, they immediately have to start figuring out their administration. And it would be natural that an incumbent governor would lose some commissioners, not to mention if he's staring at a Republican Senate, they're going to probably, you know, send some signals pretty quickly. But where do you start to look for uh, commissioners if you're Scott Jensen, who, by the way, largely has been an outsider to state government? Well, let's see. How about uh, I've I've done some thinking about this. Uh, Mayor Mike up in Lexington, the man who I think responsible in large measure for Jensen's uh, uh, winning the endorsement. How about him as a cabinet member? Rick Aguilar, who's very active in the uh, Hispanic Republican circles. Uh, David Han. Former former state senator, majority leader. Now he's the uh, uh, head of the Republican National, the, the Republican State Party. Uh, those are three names that, that come to mind, just off the top of my head. Um, and that's where I think the tone and tenor of the administration, if it's a Jensen administration or a second Walls administration, is going to be one of the fascinating pieces. What about how redistricting? I mean, no matter what, we're going to have. 40 to 50 percent new legislators or legislators in their first term where they had a in the house a largely virtual first term uh, or their second term what what about the personalities and the politics that you see that are that have just changed over time with the legislature because we don't have a statewide consensus on where the state should go a lot of the pressure points that for lawmakers are at the activist level the unions, uh, Minnesota Business Partnership, special interest groups kind of dictate the agenda in large measure because the state voters have you know, opted for divided government and kind of a mixed message to folks in power. So uh, I would say that probably increases the, uh, the sway of uh, special interest groups for either party coming back. You know, it was uh, 24 years ago, we were in election night and we, I, I, I can't not talk to you about an election night without bringing up Dark Star. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, it was he was a legend and a and a and a treat and a gift on election night. So let me try to do a Dark Star. So Eric, what are you watching uh, when you're sitting there Tuesday night? What are you watching? Because Dark would always bring up Crow Wing County, but Crow Wing yep, County yep. is solidly red now. So what are you watching on election night? I am going to be very interested in what happens to those two Iron Range state Senate seats. Talking to somebody from Hibbing this morning, they thought it might be a split. But Tom Bach has got involved, you know, the uh, retiring uh, yep. Titan uh, deal maker of the legislature. He's endorsed uh, 
uh, Senate candidates up there. But I, I think that will give us a very uh, interesting uh, uh, look as the makeup of the legislature. And then I think the uh, Ellison Schultz race probably will get some national attention as it pertains to the uh, intensity of the effectiveness of the anti-crime uh, message. So I, I think those are three things that, uh, that I will be looking for just out of my own curiosity. Can I tell you a little something about the Capitol today? Yeah. This is, fri this is Friday. Yeah. As we tape. Uh, the uh, both parties had get out the vote rallies at the Capitol. And you tell me, Blois, if you have ever seen this in your life, and I haven't. Both the DNC national chair, Jamie Harrison, and the Republican national chair, Ronna McDaniels, were in Minnesota the Friday before the election. Yeah. Now, maybe there was, maybe they had some friends they wanted to help, but it just seems to me that if the Democrats were in great shape around the country, uh, then maybe you, you wouldn't be sending Jamie Harrison here. If they were in bad shape around the country, you'd be sending Jamie Harrison to swing states, not, not Minnesota, a statewide blue right. state. Ro Rona uh, McDaniels, the Republican uh, chair, would never come to Minnesota the Friday before an election because she would think, well, it's, it's not a good use of my time. But there they were both today in separate rallies, le led me to believe that the Democrats are uh, nervous and the Republicans are hopeful. I think that's I think that's right, Eric. And I always say, you know, Republicans, whether it's late money in a governor's race or late visits, they, they always build this anticipation. But you and I have watched for you know the last decade or more where they've they've just come up short statewide here. And if they if they aren't able to figure it out this year, I think um I think A, they'll go back to the drawing board, but I think that there'll be, you know, some deep looking in. And Ken Martin told me earlier uh, last week, look, if it's a bad night on Tuesday, uh, he's going to be, he's going to probably be looking for a job. And he's been obviously just a stalwart party chair and built them into uh, an amazing amount of power over the last decade plus. Um, and so I think that's the other thing to watch because both parties are getting pulled farther to the extreme and both these party chairs, both locally and nationally, really are focused on trying to trying to get those wins. The Democrats statewide and the endorsement for governor, not been a particularly successful uh, marriage there, has it? It's, it's uh, Dayton and Walls, this is going back to my memory, last two times they were not endorsed. And I, I just wonder if the Democrats' formula is let the far, farther left delegates uh, weave their magic at a, at a state convention, but then somebody else runs in the, in the primary against the more liberal endorsee. I think that is probably the way we're headed. And the other thing we'll talk about, well, plenty of time to talk about, is I think there will be a push to get a June primary once and for all, because I think everyone on both sides, um, whether it's Republicans frustrated with their convention process or Democrats frustrated with kind of the late start, they, they want that June primary. You want a little tidbit from the DNC chairman? Yeah. Harrison yeah. told us today that uh, Minnesota made a heck of a bid to be first in the nation instead of Iowa. And that, uh, you know, he, we have a strong party. We have a strong chair. We have this is him talking about yep. Minnesota and that uh, Minnesota made a heck of a bid and would be very interesting as a uh, first in the nation replacing Iowa. And they're going to make a decision in December. Well, 
we'll have news one way or another. And if we are an early state in 2024, you and I can sleep a little in 2023 because it's going to be a long year. Well, I really appreciate you keeping my voice before the public. Thanks. We, uh, we miss you here at WCCO, Eric. Thanks for joining. And I'm sure we'll check in on election night. Hope so. Thanks, Buzz. Been listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. Tuesday night, Adam Carter and I will anchor our election coverage with a cast of thousands. We'll be around the state. We'll have a video feed on the social media channels as well. Get some rest. It's going to be a late night Tuesday. I'm Blois Olson. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.